This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you quite late this week. It's actually, we're recording this on a Thursday night because we had a bit of a week this week. We've had a bit of adventure, but two games in a week, which is something that used to happen every week back in the championship. But this is, uh, well, I think the first, first time we've had an away game in a week as well, which has totally thrown us off kilter as we went up to Stoke on Wednesday night in the uh, Caribou or the League Cup as they call it and it's thrown things off so we're recording on a Thursday evening hopefully we'll get this out to you as soon as possible if not Thursday night Friday morning I'm Billy Grant I'm sitting here and I'm not in the pub I'm in the virtual joint with my man Laney and we're going to discuss all things Brentford Laney how are you? Yeah well I I think I'm all right it's been a bit of a blur this week I've had a, a massive delivery of books um for aston villa for man united burnley and blackburn so uh i don't know if i'm coming or going to be honest with you but yeah um uh a midweek game you're right it's uh it's a little bit of an oddity isn't it but uh you know with this this caribou cup run is uh, is getting good space so, oddity space oddity yeah. Laney? Space oddity, yeah. Space oddity. Space, space cadet. That's what yeah. I feel like at the moment. That's right. Who said Richard cadet? But, and <laughs> uh, yeah, t- and, and uh, you're talking about space oddity. I mean, it definitely wasn't in space. I was in water as well yesterday because I used the opportunity, as I said to you, like to, uh, you know, like to do a bit of multitasking as it is. So I went up to Stoke yesterday, went very early, actually got up, got my daughter Bella as well. And, you know, it's half term as it is. And I know a lot of the parents out there who are uh, trying to um, sort of kind of fill your half term dates as well. And so I uh, managed to find <laughs> find some activity in Stake. It wasn't the wasn't, wasn't the monkey jungle or whatever it was, kind of you know the monkey farm, monkey we, forest, monkey monkey forest, forest mate. Which we talked about the TripAdvisor. We were talking about actually maybe bringing that back again, actually, because we used to do the TripAdvisor a couple of years ago, and that was scuppered by the pandemic because obviously no one was going to any games, so you couldn't really do TripAdvisor because people would be saying, "Oh, I went from the living room to my, my kitchen," and then you know what was in the kitchen, you know, there was a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, but we're thinking maybe we might bring back the trip advisor, or maybe not every week, but every now and again we'll do a trip advisor because obviously we're going to to new venues, you know, like you know, well, say Newcastle, we've been there before, like you know, but Liverpool, you know, you know, to you know, certain other places that we go to, and maybe we might to advise people where to go. But you know, coming back to it, so yeah, I went to a bit, I 
like water parking actually and uh, there's a few bees as well i saw in the water park as well mm-hmm. afterwards so i think bees had the same idea so i went from from the wetness to have a few beers before the game and then afterwards i made it actually just about made the 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 the, the, the start whistle for the match yesterday up in Stoke and it was actually it wasn't a cold night in Stoke it was actually quite a warm night in Stoke relatively as well so uh yeah it was quite a good night in Stoke which we will talk about a little bit later and uh, like I said to you Lane you've been obviously very busy this week so packing and you know stuff mm. and, you know posts Leicester mm. um have you got over your sort of Leicester gloom uh, yeah I have yeah I, I think you know a, a victory kind of gets that out of the system it exercises the, the ghost of the, the, the defeat uh, you know I think um, you know the, 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 there's been sort of like bigger problems I think to come out of that defeat obviously the, 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 the injury to David Raya um, which we, I'm not sure we thought was as was as big a problem at the time um, but obviously clearly it's, it's going to impact us we're, we're going to talk about the injuries a little bit later but yeah I think I think the win at Stoke um, was really good and, and seeing Ivan Tony score was was a really positive so yeah you know Caribou Cup love it or hate it we're, we're in the quarterfinals again um, we could actually win it this year oh Oh, oh, okay. You're, you're again touching wood here. And you listen to a podcast today, and uh, it's tell you what was quite nice. I listened to a podcast, I think it might have been the Guardian, um, the Guardian Weekly podcast, actually. And uh, they were talking about the Caribou Cup because they're all talking about the Caribou Cup because obviously we got to the quarterfinal stage, and they were talking about the teams that have got through. And they were talking about the teams who they thought may possibly win the Caribou Cup, which is obviously West Ham. And I can't remember the two others, which is Chelsea is another one. And I can't remember the third one. I don't know, I don't know if it was Arsenal. I can't remember. There's three teams that they said, look, these three teams look best set up to win the Caribou. It might have been Leicester, actually. Um, but what they did is that they sort of kind of, instead of just like writing us off, they kind of sort of went, you know, but Brentford, you know, they've been doing particularly well. I think they just might change things up a little bit. So I'm not quite sure if they're really ready, you know, to sort of win the Caribou Cup. And it's almost like they put us into sort of the category of not having any chance to, which obviously, you know, we didn't think exactly the same thing. But they're now doing it very politely because they don't, <laughs> they don't, want, to, they don't want to be caught out, like, you know what I'm saying, down the line, like they have been done for years, like, you know. So I just think that's, that's quite nice where uh, people are being a little bit guarded about how they do their teams like Brentford now, like, you know what I'm saying? Which well, they're is, just uh, yeah, covering their own arses. So I yeah, think it's that's fair right. play, though. Yeah, which is uh, which is all good. So listen, yeah, it's been a it's been a bit been a bit busy week, and I had a I had a bit of a bit, bit, bit of a surprise this week actually, uh, Laney, which you um I had, a, I had a bit of a surprise. I was surprised right up, wasn't I? Yes, you got voted into the uh, football blacklist, which uh, is an incredible achievement, Bill, and that's uh, you know um, you should be very proud. We're all very proud of you, and uh, as I said on my tweet, I'm uh, I'm proud to be able to call you my mate because you've absolutely stood up for what you believe in for many years and this it's not it's not just given to anyone it's, it's given to people that have, have have gone beyond the call and and you have and you've you've stood up and you've spoken out and uh you know we've you've, you've produced quality content that includes you know diverse and uh you know race race issues and we've we've never shied away from it and uh for you to be named in that i think you know obviously yourself and your family should be incredibly proud but it's an incredibly proud moment for the football club and uh and all of us that have contributed beside so um if you haven't 
wetted wetted the celebration if you haven't popped a cork or whatever you should do and uh yeah as i said just be very proud of proud of you, you know, your name being mentioned in that list bill no no pre- appreciate it and like i said it was it came completely out of the blue you know and uh you know i mean if you know basically the blacklist it was founded by rodney hines from the voice and leon Mann as well who, who worked for kick it out he's got his own consultancy and uh and basically it's selected by like a, a, a panel i mean i didn't even know this like you know there's basically a, a panel of people from the, the football industry who basically just choose who goes on this list every week every every week every year okay and it's uh basically it's a list of influential game changers um who contribute and a snapshot of uh of, of of the contributing that black communities are playing to football like you know so uh you know it's basically positive influences from the black community in sport and for me it's like you know it's funny people say oh black this one this one it's like it's, listen it's got nothing to do with that it's got to do with the fact that you know you've got i mean i've been so impressed with so many people that have been um you know added to the list for years i mean lorna from brentford who works so hard a lot of people don't probably even know who she is because she works behind the scenes i saw her again yesterday at uh, up at stoke and she's the one that basically just pulls together the behind the scenes for the team thomas frank for all the coaches for the players you know she literally pulls the whole show together she's almost like the operations person for behind the scenes of the team and she's a bit of an un um, un- unwritten hero for that and she actually got added to the list last week as well there's a lot of people a lot of practitioners people working for football who it's not glory hunters out there it's not glory hunters at all you know people are doing i mean this person that i've been speaking to is like who works in safeguarding at tottenham you know and i was chatting to her a couple of weeks ago i mean i had no idea that she was going to be added to the list but she's so fantastic she just knows her stuff she's empathetic you know she's just she's a really good person a really fantastic person and i think that the, the, the nice thing about this is it just kind of recognizes people who have been doing good things and there's a lot of people that have been doing a lot of good things for years who are almost like kind of like underneath the underground and for me it's it, like i said it come it's come completely out of the blue you know i guess i happen to be black but the fact is i you know i happen to podcast i happen to write i happen to blog i used to I've, i fight causes if i don't believe in something i'll fight it you know whether or not it'll be fighting tickets prices 20s plenty you know um whether or not it's safe standing you know i'll fight for that as well as well as, as racism issues so it's not about black issues it's about basically what you do in football you know and uh, and and i love football and i love fans and i think fans should have the best treatment that they that, that they should do you know as long as you've got manners as they say you know you're quite happy to come down and have a beer with me i do not care so you know some of the stuff that i do for you know some of the media channels and stuff like that i love to highlight you know any fan you know who's just got something to say about football i'm quite happy to put you into the limelight you know get you a bit of tv get you a bit of radio get you a bit of whatever it needs to be because i think fans should have a voice and uh, i'm quite passionate about that and also i think fans should have a beer together you know in the pub i'm passionate about that as well so listen it's been a really nice surprise and the nicest thing is you know when i went to stoke yesterday the amount of fans that just came up to me and shook me hand. i've never seen a lot of these people before and they just came up to me and shook me hand and said congratulations and i thought cool blimey that's really nice thank you very much and, and thanks for noticing so i really appreciate everybody's support out there there's a lot of really good people up there i, I even met actually a um irish bee as well today actually a couple of the irish bees he's blown over i went to the club shop today and i was actually filming for um um football league today our Premier League today. I say Football League today, not Football League anymore. We're Premier League today, and I was actually filming for Premier League today in the club shop. Um, you can catch that in about 135 countries around the world. And uh, Ravi 
from Dublin. He's like a, um, an, uh, an Irish bee who lives over in Dublin at the moment now, Ravi. And he just came up to me and again talked about the podcast and stuff and just said, like, you know, how happy he was, what's been going on? And uh, did, did the old shake of the hand. We, we chatted for about 20 minutes. And, and it's just really nice because, you know, he, you know, he said he supported the bees back in the day probably stopped supporting them for a bit when he went to Ireland, but now he's come back, he's flown over, got the club shop, bought lots of paraphernalia, and he's going to come back for the Norwich game. So I think, you know, just things like that sort of warms the cobbles of my heart to think that you've got these people who may have been connected to Brentford maybe years ago, especially people from, a, you know, from diverse backgrounds, from an ethnic background. I mean, Ravi is, uh, he's, uh, I believe he's Sikh, you know, I think he's, uh, I think he's from a Punjabi background. I didn't ask him, but I'm, I'm making presumptions here. As well, he lives in Ireland now, but, you know, he's coming back to support Brentford and that makes me feel very happy indeed. So, yes, thank you very much, everybody out there for the support and, and just yeah, just go and check it out. Have a look at the list and see what people have done. Marcus Rashford's on this one this year. Nikita Paris, who's, I love Nikita Paris. She's, she's great. She actually gave my daughter a shirt. Your niece for the, uh, at the Women's World Cup as well. She's brilliant, Nikita Paris. And of course, Ivan Tony got as well, didn't he, Laney, as well? Yes, um, yes, sir. Ivan Tony. That's right. Yes. He, yeah. He that's, he, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Be, bees represented on and off the pitch. That's, yeah. that's a happy day for the club. Yeah. Ivan got it for his work that he did in, um, in, 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 in the West Indies, you know, when he did the relief fund as well, raising money for there. So he got money because it's good what people do off the pitch as well. And also XB Gus Hurdle got one as well. Like, you know, so he actually works in media at the moment now. So the, the Gus Hurdle has actually got props as well, which is, uh, yeah, which is all good. So, Brentford everywhere, as they say, Laney. You know, but yeah, they're literally Brentford everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Can't, can't even look at a list without Brentford being on it. Oh dear, no, no, <laughs> not at all. We're all over the TV. We're all over. The, we're all everywhere, like you know. But anyway, listen, check out that Premier League World um, feature. If you if you're not in England, if you're anywhere but England, with uh, Bex Bex Ives as well. We did that. It's just a nice little feature, sort of going into going into the game at Burnley and also talking about the Stoke game as well. You know, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, the women's Euros. You know, I like a bit of women's football as well, which is totally different vibe to the men's game as well. But, you know, it's good. And, and England, obviously, one of the top six teams, you know, in that Euros as well. And we're hosting the Euros next year. But the reason why we're talking about that is because the draw has been made today and there are a few matches, quite a few matches at Brentford. Brentford's the only place in London other than Wembley, of course, um, which is only holding the final, which you can actually catch games. And if you want to catch any other games, you have to go up to uh, MK Dons, Franchise FC, as some people call them, mm. or down to Brighton or Southampton. Um, so, and there's other places, Old Trafford and all that as well. So, uh, yeah, so the Bees have got games on the, they've got the games on, I think it's the 8th, the, is it the 12th, the 16th and the 21st, I think it is. On, I, th- I think it is anyway, is uh, the, the games at Brentford. Yeah, um, and, 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 and the 8th, I'm not sure. 8th, 12th, no, 16th, 21st. Oh, sorry, 8th, 12th, 16th and 21st of June, I believe, are the games um, uh, at, at Griffin Park or maybe this 12th, 16th and 21st. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Big old year next year. So you've got, yeah. you got this, that and then you've got the World Cup. This is, that's right, this is July. So it's actually gone a little bit later for the Women's Euros, which is great. So it's going okay. to the to the middle to the back end of July which is quite good if you've got kids because again a lot of parents like bringing their kids to this game it's good atmosphere really good to bring the kids the tickets have actually gone on sale right now so if you go into the UEFA site you might be able to pick up tickets again they're going back on sale again but it's really good don't get yourself caught out when it comes to you know May and then you go oh how can I get all the tickets and they're all sold out because they're, they're going to go you know just get all your tickets now um, at Brentford um, we got this group which is Germany Spain Denmark 
and Finland are playing at New Griffin Park. So, uh, yeah, it could be fun. I mean, maybe you might sort of extend your arm around the Denmark women's team, you know, just to check out how they are, you know, um, you know, side by side like the Denmark men's team, which a lot of Bees fans seem to have a bit of a liking for because of our links to Denmark. And I'm sure uh, quite a few of the Danish will be coming down to New Griffin Park um, to check out their Danish uh players playing there so yeah which is which is all good and if you want to see England playing obviously they're playing at Old Trafford on the 6th of July they're playing at Brighton on the 11th of July and they're playing on at St Mary's on the 15th of July as well so yeah and, you know, and I'm a big fan like I said of the women's game and the women's Euro so check that out um, but you, if you need to check it out you're going to have to buy some tickets and there's a bit of uh, furore about the tickets selling at Griffin Park or New Griffin Park isn't it Laney? Yeah there's, there's some touting going on by the looks of things. Um, I had a phone call. I've had plenty of phone calls. So, as I said, I've, I've just published this Aston Villa book. got a lot of Aston Villa friends, and they, they've been knocking on my door. They've been ringing me up saying, Dave, any chance you can get us a ticket for the, 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 you know, the game at Brentford? Because new stadium for them, and, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a big game. And I'm like, no, I, I really can't do this. I probably could get you a ticket, but... We we've decided we're not doing it. You know, I don't I don't I don't I don't want to fill that West End with anything other than Brentford fans. If I if I can possibly avoid it, so I've I've told him no. I I can't help him a few times. And then today he rang me and went, oh, not that you were worried, Dave, but I've sorted myself out. We're we've got tickets. We're 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 in with the Brentford fans. And I went, how the f have you got tickets? He said, oh, you know, oh we found it online so there are people that have got Brentford season tickets that are touting and I don't think that's ever a good thing you know you can call it supply and demand um, you can call it opportunism you call it entrepreneurism I don't know but it's different when it comes to football to buy a to buy a season ticket and to literally just be trying to sell it to away fans I think it's pretty wrong um, and I'm and I'm personally not happy with it I'm not going to pursue it because I, d- I don't want to deny him his day out he hasn't missed a Villa game for donkey's years you know he, he's, he's sorted himself out and that's what you've got to do sometimes you've got to sort yourself out um, but it, it does appear that there is a little bit of a problem I don't know how big a problem it is but there are people profiteering out of Brentford like in season tickets I, I don't agree it's good I mean and, and, and I think I'm just going to I'm playing devil's advocate here you know how much are we kind of playing this up because we are little Brentford and, and we're not used to having ticket touts outside our ground and we're not used to this because you know we we, we never used to sell out Griffin Park even even when it's 12,000 we struggle to sell it out only because of the the capacity issues and the and the segregation issues so we always used to kind of be sort of 500 short of the 12,000 and stuff so i'm just wondering how much of this is more a case of oh you know what's what, what's the problem really because it happens at leicester it happens at liverpool it happens at man united you know it happens at Wolves. you know so why it should be and i'm just being devil's advocate here that, that why have we been any different or why are we getting on our high horses here um because it's limited capacity i mean i think if it was twenty five thousand capacity i think you know and we'd sold out i think there really is is always going to be a chance of that but i think that there are people that have obviously 
literally bought tickets to sell to away fans um, because any any home fan, any Brentford fan that wants a ticket pretty much can get one that's got, you know, some sort of membership and taps points and, you know, anyone that, anyone that really wants one should be able to get into Griffin Park, new Griffin Park this season. They, I, I get the feeling, I get the impression, and I, and I, and I, and I think it's one hundred percent right that they are not even trying to sell them to Brentford supporters. They've bought tickets literally to punt out to away fans um, who can't get tickets. You know, so that has to be wrong. Selling, selling, selling tickets to away fans in the home section isn't right. So, so, I mean, interesting, there's a little note that's gone out from Brentford today, basically just emphasising the fact that, you know, if you've got a match ticket, and again, you know, are the rules a little bit cloudy? Because, you know, we've had situations, you know, we've got a, we've got a block of, you know, 100 or people, you know, and between ourselves, we, we, get, we get requests for people saying, look, anyone got a ticket? I'm looking for a ticket. And then, you, you know, you find people that pop up and then, we, you know, you get an exchange. You know, and there is an exchange of money. You know, it's 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 not it's not over it's not over face value. It's always a face value exchange of money. You know, but there but we have this thing that's going on. So the the, the club has actually sort of kind of clarified by saying, look, you know, if you've got you know if you've got more, more than one match ticket, you know, you are allowed to exchange it for somebody who in effect is a friend or a colleague, and you are allowed to sort of exchange it for a value which is no more than face value. You know, I mean, some people argue what's the what's the face value of a, of a season ticket, you know, and that that, that is a question because I actually don't know what that is. You know, do you take your season ticket price and divide it by, you know, 20 games or whatever it is or 18 games or whatever it is? Or, you know, do you, you know, there are all sorts of different other factors that you add into. I don't know. It'd probably be quite simple if, if there, there was something, a number that was given where you say, you know, a season ticket in the West End is worth £30 or maybe it's worth the, the face value of a, of, of a ticket that somebody would have to buy anyway from the club. I, I don't know. But, the, you know, but they said that it, this is the case. But I said, if you do it over, then that person will get banned if they are caught. So, um, you know, the, the question is, and, and we know, because, I mean, we know there's a, I think there's a Liverpool fan who who actually came down. We, we were chatting to him and, and, and he came down. He didn't know he was going to go to the game. He said, and at the last minute, he says, oh, I've got a ticket in your end. Again, we've got no idea where he got it from. Got it from some of the, but it wasn't from us because we, we're, we're very deliberate in not giving tickets to, to opposition fans just because we don't think it's right. You know, you'd rather find a Brentford fan, first of all, who wants that ticket rather than give it to an opposition fan. And you're not being disrespectful to the opposition fan, but you just think the experience isn't going to be nice for them. It's not going to be nice for the people around you if you've got somebody who's very clearly from the opposition who's standing up there sort of kind of stiff, like with their hands crossed while everyone else is jumping around going completely bonkers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. And it's just not a, it's not a good experience for you because you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable because you're thinking, look, you know, I've got I've got got a couple of Chelsea fans in here and not we'd speed them 2-0 and you could tell that they're Chelsea fans so you, you don't want that for yourself because you want to enjoy the experience yourself but um you know the thing is that obviously it does go on and 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 how do you you know how do do, do us as fans kind of, sort of you know try and encourage our friends not to do it is the club being a little bit heavy-handed by by in the way that they approach it I mean I'm just wondering Lee, I'm just throwing this into the into the ether well <sighs> The thing is, like in, in practice, like in in a in a game situ- situation, um, if you if an away fan is caught like celebrating 
in a in a home section it it can lead to incidents i'm not saying it always does and you know in in some cases depending on who it is you know you could just like okay well done what a great goal but depending on the on you know the, on the chemistry it could end up in fisticuffs um you know it, it you you don't segregation's there for a reason and i'm not you know i think we're all respect respectable and responsible uh football fans and you know my first instance, my first instinct isn't to go and hit someone for for daring to be an away fan in my section, but it it, it isn't great, I don't think. Um, it, and you know, is they're there because someone has tried to um, make money out of out of having a season ticket. Mm. So, you know, it's just it 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 isn't right. You know, if it was a completely unsegregated area. Um, a neutral stand, which we never want to see, then yeah, fair, fair, fair play, fair game, you know. But that's that's not the situation. Yeah. It's, an away, it's an away area, and they're for away fans. Yeah, and, and I think it's different because at Griffin Park, you know, we had a terrace, you know, and we've all known that we've, you know, I'm sure a lot of people here, have, you know, have invited their their colleagues or friends who are opposition fans in. You know, there was a bit of extra space at Griffin Park, which you know they couldn't get tickets in the way end. Um, they, they're your mates. And you know that they're not going to make any noise. They're not going to, to, to make any grief or anything like that. So I've had like one, one of my Derby mates who is in the music industry. He's a lovely, lovely bloke, you know, doesn't drink and anything like that. And he just said to me, look, I want to come down. Got him a ticket, Derby. And he stood with us. He chatted with us. He cheered. He, he, he cheered the Brentford. He was just commenting on how, what a lovely club it was and everything like that. And, you know, we've had situations, I've had situations like that. You've had situations like that. I've had lots of friends have had situations like that of as course. well. You know, and that's, you know, that is in, in that scenario, because I suppose there's that's a different bill. Different, isn't yeah. it? That's different. You know, you know, like sorting people out, you know, but then purposely advertising a basically blank season ticket for anyone, you know, that's 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 it's a very different, you know, profiteering and sorting your friends out, two different things. And I, you know, that's that's you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, there is. But anyway, listen, we, we talked about that, but we listen, we've got lots more to talk about on this podcast. We're we're just we're shooting the breeze really as it is, like, you know, because we've had uh, one win and one loss. So we're sort of feeling fairly happy on this one. But we're gonna we're gonna discuss a few things on this pod. You know, we've got the Leicester match, which we'll talk about a bit. We obviously went up to Stoke as well for our first win in what, 111. We first played them 111 years ago and we haven't beaten them up at Stoke ever since uh, last night so we'll be talking about that as well we've got will the spreadsheet winker giving us a bit of stats we've got jb with a bit of funk and we've got nat from the no nay never burnley podcast who's going to give us the lowdown on burnley so listen i'm going to have a little break i'm going to have a little drink i'm going to come back and we're going to talk about a bit of football so there you go we played leicester on sunday and a little bit gutted we were i'm so gutted that we do we do a well, we do a weekend review podcast and we were going to go right into it after the game and we decided to hold off 24 hours. The weekend review came out on the Monday. Definitely check it out at prideofwest.london. There's me, the Laney and the Allard. And we uh, it actually went a little bit longer than it normally does. It's normally about 45 minutes, but we had a few technical problems which allowed us to go into, into the hour. So it actually sort of was 59 minutes and sort of 59 Ooh. seconds, I think it was. But it actually gave us a good chat and a good way to, for us to sort of kind of just, just get rid of that kind of angst and the the, the the sadness that we had from actually losing that game and it was quite good and it's definitely worth checking out we've got lots of different 
elements that we talk about in that podcast we talk about you know main takeaways the opposition main takeaways so we got the opposition fan you know which is jamie um you know from uh, from leicester we talked about you know he talked about brentford and leicester as well you know we've got the opposition danger person the stinker of the match we talked about the key moment you know um was it a fair result or was it not fair result as well you know so we, we discuss all these things on that podcast so it's a really good rundown on 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 on, on the leicester match so you know, we're not going to go over this again now because we, you know, we don't need to go over it. If you want to check out that list of acts, go and check that out. But what we will do is we're going to go to the fans from Leicester and also we're going to throw in the fans from Stoke City last night and hear what they had to say about those matches. Now, yet again, a team that we think are going to be at the top six of the table. We've made them look fairly ordinary. We were probably the better team. I thought first half we were excellent. Uh, really, only their goal was the only threat they had. Second half, we seemed to lose our direction and shape a little bit and the, the substitutions didn't come off. But we've got to stop being unlucky quite quickly and create a little bit more other than just set pieces and corners and stuff. You know, we need to make those passes in and around the box pay. It didn't really come off today. Nothing really worked for Tony. Force didn't really add much. Um, Brian had his traditional curl one pass the post moment. Stuff. So, again, another good performance. We know where we are, but we've got to start winning these games if we're serious about you know, staying higher up the table than we hoped. But we were the better side, first half. We played really well, and as you said, that tournament's just literally just the, the only shot in the half, and they scored from it, and that was like on the edge of the box, which we seem to be uh, struggling with. Uh, but uh, second half, we weren't really at the races, I felt. I thought we were struggling a little bit, especially once Guaymo went off. I thought we lost our cutting edge, and it was all a bit uh, sort of hopeful balls after that. Uh, but yeah, it's a yeah, it's, it's a sort of frustrating day, really. We're definitely not out of our class, not out of our depth. Uh, they they look like they've come back a different side, Leicester, after the international break. To be fair, had a great result last weekend, but I was hoping it was going to be a bit of a crash and burn for them. But they uh, they kept their end up. The thing we've really got to do is, is the finishing. I mean, Mbumo he had three chances. First one. He was trying to shoot around the defender. Okay, it went so. But he didn't really connect with the other ones. I don't know. I was saying, Brian, get your shooting boots on. Because that's what we need. We bossed it for 30 minutes. Uh, we were unlucky to be 1-0 down at half-time. And unlucky, good goal. I mean, basically, it's, they're clinical. Just couldn't quite get that final last ball in the last third. And it just didn't quite fall for us. But moment of brilliance from them in the first half put them on nil up and that was the difference between the two sides in the end and very disappointing but hey ho we go again and big game at Burnley It's good to see some of the more non-mainstream players playing this one yes definitely work and improvement but I think we did enough against quite a spirited Stoke performance to be honest uh, they looked like they were up for the cup they weren't as good as us though I wasn't expecting quite as strong a side as Thomas Name, but he said he wants to win the cup. Good to see Ivan Tony playing. Good to see a few changes as well. I thought we dominated the first half. Got a little bit sloppy at the start of the second half, let them back into it, but in the end we could have scored more. Good performance. Yeah, first half amazing. Second half less so. We made some silly mistakes, got too cocky, too confident, and, and just twitched them. We got the home fans up, we got a bit niggly, and we lost our composure. It was the substitutes that didn't help us somewhere. We just lost our way. Rico made a mistake and then it all went a bit tits up. Apart from that, enjoyable. But overall, I'm not unhappy with that. But I think we've been blessed with um, caviar for too long. And now we've gone back to sausages for a little bit on that last half. 
but we got through it in the end and we you know we had two chances should have made it a lot easier than the result suggests I mean there were two great chances at the end I haven't had a chance and Fossey when he came off the bench had a chance and you know another day they both would have scored so we'd have come away 4-1 and very easy but the most important thing is we've come away unscathed very very happy glad to be in the quarter final so there you have it fans at Leicester or fans at New Griffin Park at the Leicester game and also fans up in Stoke which I actually categorise as Stoke as being our first really proper away day I'm not knocking Wolverhampton Wanderers and I'm not knocking um, Derby uh, no, Aston Villa you know but I think you know going up you know an hour and a bit off the motorway you know or an hour and a half on the train up to the Midlands isn't quite the same as going all away. That's a proper going up north on a, on a, on a, on a Wednesday night. It's a proper away day. So over a thousand Bees fans were up there in Stoke, made good noise. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But just coming back to Leicester. Leicester, the, we, we talked about our main takeaways from that game. But what we do have looking at Leicester and, and then merging Stoke into it is the fact that injuries are starting to play their part a bit in Brentford, aren't they, Laney? Yes, they are. Um, you know, when when we kicked the season off, we had our full complement. You know, we, we took the the Premier League by by not by storm, but by surprise slightly. Uh, you know, whether whether it was David Raya sort of passing the ball out from the back, you know, picking out his pin perfect uh, passes that either kind of go to the go to the wing backs that have gone forward or cutting out the mid the, their midfield and going straight direct having this kind of like um golf club repertoire of passes you know he picks the right right club to, 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 to for, for exactly what, what he wants to do so for david raya to be out for months is just that's our game is is diminished by x percent you know, a club that is all about percentages and small percentages making a big difference, it works the other way. It works in reverse. When you've got players that are great players uh, and it dilutes your game because they're going to be absent. So David Ray is a big, big part of how we play. He's he's out. Um, then you've obviously got Baptiste. He's out. You know whether whether you think you consider him as you know first name of starting eleven or kind of a fringe player. He 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 was in for a massive season this year, uh, and 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 he's out. And then you know you've got players that have picked up injuries all over the place. Um, it, it it is going to affect us, and we always we were told it. We we kind of might have pigeoned it hold pigeonholed it down as a. A premiership cliche, but you know, once the it's squad depth, isn't it? And we we probably we probably haven't got the depth that we 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 may need. How it how big an, an impact it's going to have, I don't know. But um, you know, we, we are we are we are struggling at the moment, and um, you know, I'll, it was it was almost that. Last night's starting lineup at Stoke was so strong that it had some people going, "Oh, really? Back off! We shouldn't be going this strong in this game because we got a game at Burnley." You know, there's no reason why we can't win the game at Stoke and win the game at Burnley. But it was risking 
players that we know that we're going to need for premiership action. So, yeah, it is concerning, Bill. I mean, it's concerning. I mean, David Raya is a great keeper. And, you know, obviously you get the fear when a keeper like them go. But also, keepers are keepers, okay? <laughs> Sounds like a really stupid thing to say. And the fact is that, you know, um, if you've got a good keeper, you could still very much stay in the game. So even like with Daniels, we very much stayed in the game. When we got to the semi-finals of the, of the League Cup last year with Daniels in goal, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he was a good, competent keeper. No, he wasn't Raya, but, you know, he's still a good, competent keeper. And also, if you've got a good defence in front of you as well, so the keeper's, you know, part of that whole element. So I'm just wondering, you know, we've got Fernandez, who is a little bit of an unknown quantity. I mean, I have to admit, you know, I saw the goal back that, you know, Sawyer scored, and I would have thought that, you know, that, Probably, and it's easy for me to say because I'm not a not a goal. Well, I used to play goal, but not you know any level at all. Yeah, you, you, you really, you were, sh- you were shit. <laughs> and he just like you know he a lot of no, 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 talking about playing Laney. We're not going to go into the Laney thing. <laughs> own, own goals at Griffin Park, Laney. You know we got to tell you well, exactly which day you, you need to be shooting. But anyway, you know oh, when, yeah. when that shot Trig- that, triggered. Uh, no, 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 I'm just uh, if, you, if you're gonna take it, if you're gonna give it, you might as well take it as well, lady. Uh, we'll give you a set of glasses next time we put you on the football pitch, like you know? it's, no, it's anyway, never gonna happen again. No. But anyway, sh- shot from Sawyers in the what's it, the near post, it was, and keeper you would have thought would have put it around the and, and it went in the back of the net. And I was a bit surprised about that. Maybe he was caught unawares, maybe you know, there was players in front of him that he's unsighted, I don't know. But, you know, again, you know, first thing somebody says is Rayo would have saved that, you know. But mm. again, it kind of worries you. The reason why the fear that you have is that our defence is very tight and you realise that it's about us taking our opportunities, which we're not taking as many opportunities as we should do. Even in the Stoke game last night, um, I've, been, I've missed a few chances. Stroke, their goalkeeper, had a really, really good game. So whichever way you want to look at it, you know, but we've also been, you know, we, 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 we've, we've, we've kept our position by us being very tight, Raya pulling off some fantastic saves and also our defence being really tight. So how much of a worry is this or are we kind of making a little bit of a mountain out of a molehill? Because, you know, technically, you know, Fernandez, who's played for, what's it, Real Madrid and he's played for the Spanish national side, he should be good enough, should he not? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, you know, that, that they're... They're the kind of not exciting, but that they're the plus points that we 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 saw we saw um, a threat and we went out and we we got a player you know a, a, a goalkeeper of of stature of, of one that may may not have been the first choice at his club, but he's he's someone that could come in and play understudy, and now he's got an opportunity. Um, I, I assume that he's learnt, you know. The way we play, um, and and he, he he'll be looking for similar passes. They're, obviously, they're not carbon copies of one another. Um, however, you know, I, I I don't look at the situation now and think, oh God, you know, we're down to some rookie, uh, you know, seventeen-year-old. We we we've got a decent keeper. Um, Bob David Raya recovers, uh, you know, but it, it it does show you that January, the transfer window in January, is is something that. We, we really do have to kind of tuck in on, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if we're, if we're talking, if we're doing a podcast in February and we've got, we've brought no one in, I think we have to ask a lot of questions and, you know, we, we're, we're quite, we're quite trusting because there's every reason to be. Um, but I, I think, I think January is a massive window for us. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is a big window season. You know, going back to the, the Leicester game, which, like I said to you, was very, very disappointing just because we had a we had a lot of that game and we, we did very well. But Leicester, brilliant on the counter-attack and scored two fantastic goals. Put my hands up and say, listen, you know, great. Tielemans, great goal, you know, and uh, Addison. So mm. I hate to say it, but, you know, he's got, they scored a, you know, they, they, they just ripped through us, you know, great pass, you know, the question again, you know, which is asked beforehand, you know, whether or not, you know, the, uh, initially there should have been a foul, you know, when, uh, was it, was it, uh, was it Chilliman's that put uh, the, the pass out to the wing, but, you know, and I think initially there was a pass out to the wing. Uh, and maybe, you know, that player could have been taken out quite early on and we may or may not have had to take a yellow card for that as well, you know, but, you could say that very much in retrospect, but there was it was going because we were very much in the game. However, as we were a statistical club, because we do a lot of stats, we thought instead of us just ranting on about what we should or shouldn't have done, let's go to Will, the spreadsheet winker, because he's going to tell us exactly went down statistically in that Leicester game. Spreadsheet winker, he's a winker, and it does seem good like it pretty well should be. Spreadsheet winker, he's a winker, and he's always putting his blood. So, what do we need to know about Leicester then? We won the game on XG again, 1.39 to 1.01. We both scored difficult chances, Tieleman's screamer at 0.03 XG, that's 3 in 100 of those go in, and Zanka's header at only 9%, very difficult chance. But in terms of big opportunities, there were only two created in the entire match. Janssen again threatening to score his first B's goal, a 51% chance in the third minute, and Madison's sucker punch of a goal at 52%. The story of the match is that Leicester scored their big chance and we didn't ours. Leicester piled on 0.8 XG from Madison's goal onwards, a sign that our defence was holding firm and dealing very well with threats until the sucker punch landed. After that, we collapsed. Tielemans now has three goals this season from 1.38 XG, an overperformance of 117%. He's absolutely lethal from long range, and honestly there was nothing Ray could do, Scout giving him just a 10% chance of saving the shot. We pressed more than double as high as Leicester in that match, averaging just over seven passes per defensive action. Interestingly, we pressed even higher after the eventual winner went in for Leicester, potentially to our defensive detriment since we shipped 0.8 XG in 15 minutes. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker and uh again the bees have uh, won it on xg which you don't get anything for winning games with xg if you don't put the ball in the back of the net but you know the goals that we scored were uh, were small xg you know so we actually scored goals which technically we shouldn't have done but we quite like that um interestingly on this one actually and we'll probably talk that a little bit later is that um, you know, we scored with difficult chances, whereas with Stoke, actually, because we talked about the fact that Brentford aren't shooting maybe as much. We're, we're getting goals sort of done. We're getting done from outside the area, like, you know, like the uh, like the Leicester goal, you know, like the Chelsea goal. Um, but there was actually quite a lot of shooting from outside the area, cutting the ball back. And then you've got Tony that had a shot. You had, I think, was Canos had a shot, which blocked, you know. And uh, and also we scored a goal from, from outside the area. The Canos goal was from outside the area as well. So maybe this is something that we've been working on as well you know trying to sort of kind of uh, mimic what our rivals have been doing like you know by not necessarily trying to walk the ball in the back of the net but just cutting it back from outside the area then having a go and creating all sorts of problems but you know in that Leicester game you know like I said to you there's only a couple of big chances you know two big chances in the match and uh, and then Leicester you know um, the Madison goal you know 
massive chance there, you know, 0.8 HG, which is uh, probably as big as they can get, like, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, listen, we didn't get the result that we wanted, Laney. A little bit disappointed, but, you know, coming back to, and like I said to you, we're talking about the Stoke game, you know, 19 attempts we've had at playing Stoke and uh, cool. we, we, we didn't quite get there. I mean, JB, let's get JB to talk about Stoke City and the fact that we never seemed to be able to beat Stoke City, but we finally managed to beat them. Let's hear what JB had to say with his facts and his funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Woo! JB, and he's ready to stock it to you one time. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. It was time to write more history at Stoke, where we won for the very first time in 19 attempts, with our first visit being there 111 seasons ago. Thomas Frank takes us to the quarterfinals of the League Cup for the second successive season, and that's also something none of his predecessors ever managed in this competition. In the 60 seasons before Thomas took over, we'd only managed a grand total of 46 wins, whereas Thomas has managed seven in the last two years. The next nearest manager had just five. To the Leicester game. It was something we'd not been used to in the recent past. Back-to-back home defeats. In fact, it's back to November and December 2018 when we lost three in a row to Middlesbrough, Sheffield United and Swansea. And our current run of four league games returning just a single point hasn't happened for five years. But is there something about the end we attack first? For this season, we've lost both games where we attacked the West Stand in the first half against Leicester and Brighton. Last season, we played that way around three times and recorded just a win, a draw and another loss. With nine league games now played, Liverpool are still the only side to score two against us in any half of any match. So there you go, JB, facts and funk, Stoke City facts and funk. 19 attempts, 111, uh, was it 111 years ago or was it 111 seasons ago? 11, 111, anyway, it's a lot, you know. I mean, Over 100. Yeah, basically, since we were born Brentford in uh, 1889 which is 130 what, 133 years ago I think it's 132 133 is 1911 132 <laughs> years ago um, we have never beaten Stoke City at Stoke and I've been to the Victoria Gown at least twice and I've been to this new stadium wherever it's called the Britannia Stadium Br- Britannia 365 That's right all that stuff I've been there at least well three times I reckon now as well maybe even more and I've never seen Brentford beat Stoke. So that was totally gratifying to see us beat Stoke. And uh, and yeah, which is which is which is all good. And but what I thought was really interesting is because you talked about the fact that we played a stronger side that we needed to. Now, some of the thoughts on the terraces there is that we played that strong side, or we played that strong side because there's some players that also needed to get some game time. You know, you talk about maybe Bitstrup, you know, who comes in and out of these League Cup games. You know, you talk about Godos getting a little bit more game time. He came on as a sub against uh, Leicester. But the interesting one was Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony was up front. Now, was Ivan Tony up front because they felt that he needs to get even more confidence and score a goal because that would actually lead him on? Or do you think Ivan Tony was up front because we haven't got very many other strikers in the, in the squad? Both. Um, yeah, both. Uh, there, there's, there's no, there was no one else to play. If he, if he didn't play, there was no one else. And um, you know, I, I, I just think that it, it, it suited him because he did score. Um uh, it gave him an opportunity to kind of uh, a lesser 
a lesser defence. Where um, you know, Stoke used to be a big club, and now they're, you know, they're, they're a tired club. Um, you know, it, 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 Ivan Tony did what he needed to do last night, which was score a goal and not get injured. Uh, and it was the same with pretty much everyone else. You know, that, that, you know, on our WhatsApp group, there were people saying, you know, oh, we've gone too strong, and what 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 happens if and you know, the, the injuries are already really bad already and, you know, it could get worse. And we'll get, you know, you, you can get injured warming up, you know, as Yenelt did at, at, at West Ham. You know, the, the, every time every time these guys go out and, and, and train, they, they, they can get injured. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the game and, and it's, it's always a worry. Um, and that's the same as whether it's at Liverpool or Man United or whether it's at Hartlepool or whether it's at, at Crawley or wh- wherever it is, every time a pro goes out on the pitch and gets involved in some sort of contact, there's there's a, there's a freaky chance that they're going to get injured. Um, yeah. Or you could even fall down on a twig in a, in a hole on the, on the training pitch as well. Well, you, you, yeah, if, you're, if your name's McLeod and you've, you've, you've come down from Glasgow Rangers, yeah, exactly. So, you know... It, we we are late stages of a of a big trophy. You you've got to go to Stoke and look to win it. And uh, you know we we would have been really angry if 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 Thomas Frank had made seventeen substitutions and none none of the we players that we we've never seen anywhere near the first team played last night and we've gone out three 0 We'd be spitting now, saying, "Oh, you know, what's the point? You know, you can't make those." So. You know, I think I think we had to go strong to win the game, and we did. So, you know, mission accomplished. Okay, a mission accomplished. I mean, just looking at, I'm coming back to the team and injuries. I mean, looking at it, obviously Fernandez came in for an injured Raya. We had Good, who came in for Pontus Janssen as well. Then we had um, who was it? Then we had well, we had Roslev come on onto the right, so he kind of took the place of Canos. And then Canos went over to the left. So Canos was left wing back. We had uh, Rosliff, which is right wing back. You know, we had Bidstrup come in for, for Norgard. We had uh, Godos, who came in for Frank the Tank on Yeka. Uh, you know, we had yet Jensen in as well. So we had yeah, Jensen and, and, and Godos in the middle there. We had Rosli- uh, 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 Bidstrup, who was kind of like the CDM, I think. And then we had Force, who came in for Henry up front as well so we had force and uh, uh force came in from Mbuemo from, from sorry I didn't mean Henry I meant Mbuemo uh, Mbuma you know and Henry obviously came out and so Rosliff came in for him and they swapped it over as in Rosliff was on the right hand side and 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 uh, and, uh, and 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 Canos was on the left hand side so quite a lot of changes in there the first half as the fans had said earlier we were we were cruising we were cruising I thought in the first half and uh you know I thought this is going to be I thought 3-0 and we go up 3-0 and we just change it and we take our players off and we rest them up, put them on some beds and we take them down to Burnley on Saturday. But it didn't work out that way because in the second half, you know, uh, there was a bit of, I think it's probably a bit of a mix-up. We kind of we looked like we were a little bit frantic and the ball broke to to to, to Sawyers, you know, XB Sawyers and bang, ball in the back of the net from Sawyers and uh, they scored. And all of a sudden, the, everything changed in that match. And there was a stage where we actually, I thought, looked a bit panicky. We, we, we looked like literally we just like, just clear the ball, just kick it, just hoof it, just do whatever you need to. And Stoke, I felt, felt the impetus, uh, the impetus. And if 
something else hadn't fallen because obviously they start to lob the ball in the middle and just start to try and cause pandemonium and chaos. But to be fair, our, our midfields and our defenders were kind of dealing with things fairly well. And then after a while, we decided we needed to get a handle on the game. And that's where we brought Norgard on to just kind of just calm everything's down. And it was good when he came back on because you felt that there was a little bit of control coming back into the game. But we could have uh, we could have let that slip, couldn't we, Laney? Yeah, yeah. Although, I have to say... Um, although a little bit more jeopardy crept into the game after they got a goal back, I never really felt that we were going to let it go completely. I, I, I didn't think that Stoke really had enough in their tank to, to, to really trouble us. And I, and I was kind of buoyed by the fact that we really, we really did look like the Premiership team. Um, the tables have properly turned, you know, uh, we had, when, when push comes to shove, we had a lot more quality than they did. They were plucky, they could hit it long, they did They did have a couple of chances, but when 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 it mattered, we had all, all, the, all, the, all the answers. And, uh, you know, it, it could have been, it could have been 5-2, you know, it, it, we weren't really in trouble, I didn't think, at any stage. You know, yeah, you, you can say we you know we took our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, it was a really good shot by Sawyer's, another one of those long ranges that we, we get punished by. But when we made the, the substitutions, we then kicked on. I think we finished the stronger team. There was a there was a 25, 20 minute, 25 minute period in the second half where we weren't quite as good, but for the rest of the game, we looked quality. I thought. Yeah, okay, we're looking good, yeah, and, and and you know it looks like you know Ethan Pinn who also went off injured, which is a little bit worrying because Ethan is a very very key player for us, and especially against a team like Burnley, he's uh, he's very key. Um, Ayer was actually on the bench against Leicester, and then he had to come on. So obviously we'd rather have kept him on the bench, you know, until he probably gets fully fit. But he had to come on, and obviously he had to play against Stoke. And like I said, Ethan wasn't there, but you know, there's he was off. Brian and Bumo went off as well. There's a chance that they'll they might make the game against Burnley. You know, we we don't know whether or not that's going to happen or not, but we'll still see. You know, but you know, you know, there's a good chance that they'll both be available, which is good news. Um, but we've also had to throw in a couple of keepers into the mix because uh, Matthew Cox, who's our B team keeper, and also Nathan Shepherd, who's our B team keeper, have obviously been thrown into the mixer because uh, obviously Reyes injured. You know, he got Fernandez in goal, and uh, you know our other keepers are, are out on are out on loan. I think as well, like you know, so um, you know, so uh, we, we we kind of like we're probably a little bit short on the keeper front, and this is no disrespect to the Cox and the Shepherd, who may be absolutely fantastic. You know, they obviously hasn't. The Experience, but I'm sure that they're very, very good keepers. But this is a this is an interesting scenario we're in, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, it is. And I, I wish I wish we weren't in it because I think David Rayo is just, as I said earlier, he's just so integral to the way we play and just that kind of like, especially this year. I think you know he's not he's not like wobbly at all. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I wish him all the best in his recovery and I just hope he gets back really, really fast because, you know, I think he's, you know, he's, he's, he's really about to push on to a new level in his career. I think, you know, you know, Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp is raving about him. Arsenal, I'm sure, is still sniffing around him. He's, he's, I, I think he's got an international call up for, for, for Spain <laughs> around the corner as well. He's, he's at the, 
almost peak of his career, so he doesn't really need to be wasting time injured. So, yeah, get well soon. Yeah, definitely get well soon. So, listen, Raya is out for... Listen, we, we, we just got to live with it. He's out for four or five months, but that's just the way it goes. We, however... The show must go on, as they say, Laney. And the show will be going on on Saturday as we're going to Burnley. Uh, for the first time we're playing Burnley in quite a few years, we used to play each other quite a lot in the Championship. There's a little bit of a ding-dong used to go between us, you know, with the older uh, Tarkovsky and also the Andre. Oh, Mayer. sorry, the, ju- the Jughead Judas. Yeah, you that's right, as we called him, like, you know, who uh, made the move. Some people may not know about that, so we probably have to tell them about that after we go away, have a little drink. We come back and then we talk about Burnley and the jug is Judas, as you call him, Laney. So uh, we'll be back in just a sec. So Burnley, Saturday, looking forward to it. This is this. I mean, if Stoke was a proper away day, Burnley is a proper, proper, proper away day. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those ones. Well, I mean, I'm going up by train and got no idea how I'm going to get from 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 Leeds across to Burnley because all the trains have been cancelled and there's replacement this and there's that and there's always carnage when there's replacement service but for me that's part of the fun of an away day like this where you've got no idea what's going on I remember the, the last time we we sort of not the last time but we when we were getting to Accrington Stanley which is quite a similar route as well we went up to Leeds and then the, all the trains were cancelled and we had a nightmare we ended up going to Hebden Bridge and trying to get a taxi from Hebden Bridge down to, uh, down to Accrington and you know and by the time we got to Accrington eventually and we sat in the pub across the road and then <laughs> the call came in that the game was called off and we were like oh no it's taken us five hours to get here and the game's been called off so I can imagine and also do you remember Remember the uh, the wacky races back from Blackburn Rovers from Ewood Park back to Preston. Similarly, they, they the trains were screwed up, That's so right. we had to. Yeah, it was just like we we, we made that by the skin of our teeth, mate. Yeah. You know, so but that's part of the fun of away days. And like I said to you, this is a proper, proper away day as far as I'm concerned. It's it's a long way. It's an expensive away day if you're going by public transport, if people are driving. You know, I don't drive a lot anymore, you know, long distances. And I'm coming back from Stoke, you know, going there and back in the day was a, was a bit of a trek for sort of kind of just me and my daughter inside the car. So, you know, you're sort of trying to, you know, get the coffee on. And I don't drink coffee normally, getting the stereo up, like, you know, trying, trying to play sort of podcasts and music and everything like that to get you going. So, you know, Burnley is a, is a double is a double that one so you know fair play to the people that are driving up there for themselves and like we'll probably see you in the, in the very few places there are to drink in Burnley over the cricket ground is one of the places to drink which is right beside the ground but there's a few other places a little Ailey places which you might be able to find out but just going back to Burnley though I'm talking about Burnley like I know all about Burnley but I have to admit I've got no idea about Burnley because I've not been there for quite a while I didn't go there when we were in the championship because I missed out on that trip I went there back when they were in division you know division three as we call it the third tier which is you know whatever years ago that was so that's the last time I went up to Burnley and I remember staying in Manchester at the Mal Mason Hotel with my mate Paul and we went up on the bus um, and we had a right laugh as well actually we, were, we did the old jacuzzi thing which probably was people looking at us thinking what's going on there then like you know <laughs> but anyway forget about us and what we did about Burnley let's go over to Natalie from No Nay Never podcast and she's going to give us the lowdown on Burnley Hello Brentford fans, it's Natalie Bromley here, the editor of the Known and Never podcast and Burnley fan. Um, Regular listeners of both podcasts will of course remember our name. We've 
We've been long-term friends of the show and vice versa, following many years of playing together at uh, championship level. And of course, we've been apart for a while, but you guys have now joined us in the Premier League and it is um, a massive honour and I'm delighted to be back on your podcast talking about all things Burnley. Um, bit of a funny start to the season for us. Um, a lot has changed since our past last crossed. Um, we had a very successful few years in the Championship where following our promotion in 2009 via the playoffs, we went back down for a season and a half um, to the Championship, but then went up as runners-up behind Leicester and then went back down again and then went up as champions um, in that crazy season, if you all remember, where Burnley, Middlesbrough and Brighton were absolutely neck and neck right up to what, maybe three games before the end of the season and Burnley just managed to, to pull away and clinched that championship title and we've been in the Premier League ever since um you know th- I think it's now what is it 11 11 seasons out of the last 13 I think we've been in the Premier League something like that um forgive me I don't have the stats to hand but we've certainly had a long stretch in the top flight um and it's a funny place to play your football Brentford fans um I'm sure you've already experienced some of this in the eight games that you've played so far but it's a brilliant combination of the most terrifyingly frustrating place to play your football but also the most wonderful place to play your football and you realize very quickly the scale and the magnitude I think of the exposure um, at club level um, you talked about worldwide everybody's watching the games there's an inter- massive international television crowd and you're on everything you know you're on every single media outlet pay-per-view or free that there is out there um, it comes at a cost um, and I do wonder whether you guys will start to feel this as the season goes on. Both of us, are co- of course, are very close community clubs and we are very used to controlling our own narrative. We have local journalists, we have fan-led content and we know all of the local journalists and we know the tea lady, we know the, you know, the golden gamble lady, we know the whole community and then suddenly this great big machine known as the Premier League comes along and suddenly dictates press releases and um, you know pre-match interviews and tells you what tweets you're supposed to put on there, how your social media account's been run, who your sponsors are and that's the nature of the beast because what comes with that is an opportunity to play against some of the best players in the world um, with huge financial reward and exposure um, but it is a funny, a funny place to play your football. So, so far Brentford fans, I do hope you're enjoying the ride. You've had a phenomenal start. Um, it's the best feeling in the world when you beat um, the big boys. And that opening fixture against Arsenal, I, I don't think I've been happier uh, for a side in a long time to see you you know, lodge that first win. I think it was fantastic. Um, it's been, I don't really know why Burnley have survived in the Premier League. Cause I imagine most of you now are getting a very good taste of life in the Premier League and, of course, want to stay there. You don't want to go straight back down. You want to stay here for a while, build the club, get some you know, more headline players in, get some cut runs and really push up that league. Um, I don't know if there is a blueprint to survival. I'm not really sure how we've survived as long as we have. Um, the league's funny in that there's the big six, um, and whether people like it or not, or people admit it a lot, there is absolutely a big six bias, um, whether that's 
actual or subconscious that just exists and you'll get used to that you have to live with it I'm afraid um, people only really care about the big six and they, you know even pundits and, and commentators don't really bother to learn anything about anybody else in the league it's very very biased in that sense um, and then they usually find three or four clubs who are at the peak of their game so the people like your West Ham your Everton's are always up there um, Leicester you know teams like that who are always going to do very well Villa obviously at the moment are in their absolute prime but then the rest of the league is literally anybody's and it feels like there's always probably any three from 13 that could go down and it's the oddest feeling and I think we've we've stayed in the Premier League just because we deserve to have done and we're good enough to stay in the Premier League I think Burnley get a lot of negative press sometimes and we get this 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 automatic conclusion that we've we've been batting well above our station and that we've outperformed and I, I just don't I don't believe that such a thing exists because you can't if you think about the concept of what you're saying about outperforming is, surely every player and every manager has an, a skill ability and they can't play any better than what their skill ability is. So if we've won enough games and got enough points on the board to survive a Premier League season, it's because our manager's tactics were good enough and our players were good enough. And I don't think there's anything more complicated than that if you are good enough to survive in the league then you will do Um, and you might do that by playing slightly differently you might do that by being strong defensively like we have been Um, you might do it by scoring more goals like Leeds did last year for example Um, it'll be interesting to see how you guys find your feet and at the moment you're very much sticking to your style of football that you know and you enjoy and you know is a winning formula Um, I'll be very interested to see how that develops and how you evolve as a club when managers and teams figure out after playing you once how to counteract that and how to beat it because you have to do um one of the challenges we're facing this season is that we haven't evolved and that's how we are getting caught out that's why we're not getting the points on the board because we're playing the same way we have done successfully for the past three seasons and it's not working anymore because teams have found out how to beat us so let's see how you guys evolve Involve, no, that's not a word, evolve, sorry, evolve. Um, players to watch then at the weekend, I mean, it's <laughs> our team doesn't change, so um, have a look at our team from three years ago, that's pretty much who's going to be playing on Saturday. Um, one of Burnley's strengths is the fact that there's a consistency of players, we, um, everybody knows their role, they know, they know the assignment to coin a phrase from TikTok. Um, that said, we have had the first successful transfer window this summer than we have probably for the past four years um it's very difficult to say this but i think our outgoing chairman his legacy has been soiled somewhat with four abysmal transfer windows where we did not strengthen the club at all and didn't bring anybody in last season in the premier league we made one sign and that was a five hundred thousand pound sign of dale stevens no disrespect to dale stevens but he didn't improve the squad at all and he's hardly played so it just goes to show how we've been very inactive in the transfer window and it's starting to show on the squad. Um, however, we have signed the saviour of all saviours, and that is Ivory Coast. Um, gosh, left-back, midfielder, striker, whatever you want to call him, but Maxwell Corney, who very famously scored against Manchester City and knocked them out of the Champions League. But he is an absolute breath of fresh air in some very tired, 
quite jaded Burnley Lakes. He is creating chances, he's scoring, scored two fantastic goals against Southampton away last weekend, game week eight. Um, and he's definitely one for you guys to watch because he's just playing with a smile on his face and he will twist and turn and create himself some chances. So do us a favour and don't mark him out of the game because then we'll be <laughs> absolutely in a whole world of pain and we won't score. Um, other than that, I don't really think there's anything else, guys, for me to bring you up to speed with. Um, what you see is what you get with Burnley Football Club. You know us, you've known us a long time. We probably play not that different to we play in the Championship, to be honest. You probably <laughs> know very much how we're going to play, how we're going to set up, who's going to play in what position and what you need to do to get something from us. I guess a word of warning, um, we are already in game week 10 at Last Chance Saloon. If we don't win on Saturday, we will have played so far this season Brighton, Leeds, Norwich and Brentford at home and failed to win any of those games. And I think picking up maybe two points from those 12, assuming we lose to you. Um, that, I believe, will be game over for us. I don't see how we're going to get another 10 points. No, sorry, not 10 points, 10 wins anywhere else if we've already squandered those um, chances at home, those winnable games at home. So we will be going out on Saturday on a mission, and it will. It, it's almost like we're playing a cup final. Um, so be prepared for some dogged defended some heads in the right space, some very disciplined play, and you might find that we're a hard team to break down. So let's see how it goes. Um, looking forward to seeing you all at Turf Moor. It's been a while since you came up here. Um, have a safe journey, all Brentford fans who are travelling up. Come and find us in the bars. Um, come and get a drink of Benny and Hot. Those of you who have not yet been to Turf Moor, it's the local drink and it's fabulous. It'll warm your little southern cockles in the cold turf more air um, but do stay safe enjoy the game and best of luck for the rest of the season so there you go natalie from no nay never podcast a little interesting rundown on burnley i mean natalie's given us her view but we like to go to will who's the stats man as well who's giving us the statistical lowdown on burnley here's will on burnley Spreadsheet winker. Let's have a think about Burnley then. They currently sit 15th in the Justice League, a lot better than their real league performance, having created 10.8 XG, the joint third lowest in the league, and conceded 15.5, the fourth highest this season so far. They're winless, despite having won three out of their nine games on XG. In their last two matches when they've scored, they've managed to get four goals out of a total of just 1.33 xG. They've been lucky there. The three that they scored themselves, one was a Vardy own goal, have all been scored by summer signing Maxwell Cornet, who's made three goals out of 0.93 xG, scoring 300% more than the average striker would given his chances. He's certainly one to watch, not getting much of the ball and barely making any progressive runs, just three in total this season. They average 0.6 times less passes per possession than their opponents so far this season. And this could be a key element to the game. Can we break down a team who passes long nearly 20% of the time, compared to, for example, Chelsea's 7%? It's going to be a very different task the last couple of matches, and a very interesting match. And I'll actually be seeing you there. It's my first game of the season that I've been able to come to. Come on, you Reds. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet. Winker on Burnley, and interesting that it's... Tell you what's interesting, again, it's just 
listen, these figures mean nothing because if somebody comes up to you and puts a ball in the back of the net, as we know, it's all over. You know, Burnley and, you know, we use Justice League sometimes, as they call it, you know, the XG League, as to see kind of the chances created. And as we say, team like Brentford, um, we have been to date, as he says, touch wood, very good at even stemming the chances of teams who create good chances. So like teams like Chelsea, teams like Liverpool, and, you know, teams like, you know, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, even that's a bit of Wolverhampton Wanderers. They go out there and they create good chances, but our defence has been able to handle that. And so what those cha- those chances that they create don't actually turn into goals. Burnley are sort of 60, 60, sitting 15th in the league, so they're kind of a lot lower down than these, these teams. So it's a case of them not creating as many good chances. But what I will say about Burnley is they obviously, they obviously are still dangerous. So whatever they create, we need to make sure that we don't make any silly mistakes. Okay. They've also got, you know, uh, Temple and XG, which is the third lowest in the league. And they've conceded 50 for five, which is the fourth highest um, this season so far. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, they're, they're not creating loads as well. And they're also sort of conceding loads at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't mean we're going to win this. Not at all. It doesn't even mean we'll get a draw. It just means that we have to be properly on our guard as well. And this Maxwell Cornet character as well, three goals, right, out of 0.93 XG. So it's like 300% more than any average striker would score given the amount of chances that he's had. So it's like, you know, Cornet, it's very simple. Cornet, just try and make sure that he doesn't get a pop in on goal. Like, you know, so, I mean, listen, Laney, Burnley, the Wink has given us the view. Natalie's given us the view. Just looking at what they're good at. Very strong in the air. We knew that. We know that. Okay. You know, so Ethan Pinnock is very, very important for that game. Creating long shot opportunities they're good at. Creating scoring chances. Listen, they're good at that. So they create scoring chances because that's what they do. They put the ball in the box. They put pandemonium and stealing the ball from the opposition because they're obviously quite aggressive. So good at that but where they're weak is finishing their scoring chances defending against through balls which is what we're quite good at defending against attacks down the wings as well which is where our strength is as well defending set pieces and where they're very weak is avoiding offside keeping possession of the ball defending against long shots which is something obviously we've been practicing against stoke city and also protecting the lead so th- there is opportunity for the bees there isn't there Laney? yeah there is it's, it's this to me it's like uh, it's a game of two defenses, you know. That they they they're pretty they're they're robust. Um, you know, normally, I'd say it's great that Ayers back, but probably Ayers not quite as important as he as he normally would be because I, I think it's just like literally solidity. Um, so you know, Zanka is is in his element hopefully on, on Saturday. Pinnock, as you, you rightly say, is is is, is absolutely it, it, so important that he starts because his aerial uh, strength is just critical. Um, Norgard, and this is a game where you know we need him to be mopping up in the middle. Um, we need uh, is is this a game for Jensen or is this a game for Godos? Uh, we need someone with a little bit more muscle. We need balls to get, to get through to the to the strikers. Tony, you know, his aerial ability is going to be important as well. It's going, it's not going to be a pretty game, I don't think, mate. It's, you know, it's, it's a war of attrition. Um, uh, I, I'm not looking, I'm going, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I'll take a point, but it's a game we can win. 
Mm. So you know, we we we've, we've got all we've got all the ingredients we need. It's just we we've got to make sure that we're really rock solid at the back because you know they they've got dangerous crosses, um, and they've got you know aerial ability in 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 a danger area coming forward. So mm. yeah, yeah. Now and I hear that, and 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 again, we know this in their style of play. Long balls is what they play. They they cross a lot. You know, so we need to be on the ball. We need to be either cutting out them crosses, or we need to be making sure if they come in the middle that we are connecting with those crosses and get the ball out. You know, they control the game in in our half. You know, they attract through the middle. They play with width. They take a lot of shots, and they you can pretty much sort of name their first eleven as well. So look, you know, this is what we're dealing with. I mean, just coming back to that, look, you know, we've we've got all the facts because this, you know we could talk about till the cows come home, but really we know what we have to do. We need to keep it tight. We need to keep our fingers crossed that some of those key players who are out injured are going to be coming back. And we need to just kind of edge our way up and get ourselves at least another point towards the safety factor. Because I know even though we're doing very well and people say we're not going to get relegated, but listen, you can never say never on, um, you know, uh, <laughs> on mm. no nay never, as Burnley would say. Like, you no, know what I'm saying? Never. You know, that's right. So, um, luckily, I mean, I know we've, we're sort of taking different paths. I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to a bit of train action. I don't know if anybody else is actually going up to being the madness of going up on the train to Leeds. But if you are, I'll see you on the train. We'll have a, have a few beers on the train going up there, have a few beers in Leeds. And, you know, if you're going to uh, Hebden Bridge as well, we might have a few beers in Hebden Bridge probably before the match, if we can do. If not, definitely after the match, if we actually manage to get back there as well. Uh, any plans for you, Laney, on the on the, on the the yeah, way day um, front? Go, going up with Ristic, I think. Um, Driving. Um, Mystic, yeah. All, Ristic, yeah, Mystic Ristic. Um, so, yeah, so although I need to take... A load of books up so i might drive i don't know so uh, yeah I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to the day out um i'm not looking forward to the game itself necessarily because it's not as i said it's not going to be a pretty one but I, I think i'm looking forward to the result because i think we can do at least a point out of this one at least a point and talking about the result i'm going to ask you mr dave lane give me a score prediction uh, I'm going to go one-one draw. No, oh, you've nicked my one-one. So I'm. Can I? Should I? Do I think we're going to score two goals? Should I go two-one? Should I go two-all? I think I'm going to go. I, I'm, I'm new keeper in goal. I'm not. I'm, it's a bit of a question mark for me, so I'm not quite sure. I'm going to go. I'm actually. Tell you what, I'm going to go two-one bees. You know, I'm going to go for the win. The two-one well, bees win. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, mate. I'm going to go for it, actually. It makes me feel a lot better. Uh, anyway, so listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I'm going to ask you to do a few things. Go to iTunes and just write us a review. Just say, if you like the podcast, of course, we really like this podcast. It's very nice. And it'll go up in the yeah. ratings and, you know, people will be able to hear it even more. Um, I want to thank all our new listeners. There's people that come up to me saying, by the way, we're actually a fairly new listener. We're a fairly new fan. We haven't been supporting them that long. We've found your podcast. We really like it. So I want to say, first of all, thanks for listening second thing i want to say thanks for just coming up to us and letting us know you know don't worry if you want to come down to the pub and have a drink with us just be fine to do that you know what i'm saying which is all good and i know that we do jest about the newbies and people say they're very apologetic so, you know we're one of the newbies that you talk about we haven't been going honestly we don't jest about the newbies we're really happy having newbies coming all we're saying to you is that if you're a newbie and you come down to brentford listen you can do what you want but really we want you to make sure you come down and sing the songs and have a right good sing song and have a good laugh because it's like you've got to participate and you've got to add because we haven't got that many more people who fit into the stadium so if you're going to slot into the stadium you need to make sure that the place is 
is rocking so it's saying so we're very happy for the newbies that have come down you know you know people like you know yeah we've got the norwegian bees that come over and he's coming over every week now and he sings his heart out for the for the lads like you know so we love all that kind of stuff so thank you for supporting our club um if you want to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer you can buy us a beer thank you for everybody who's contributed there as well and uh like i said to you is uh saturday after the game we will have our post-match podcast bees fans and hopefully we'll get a few burnley fans in there as well as we're trying to make our cross-country trip back to hebden bridge and then down to down to Leeds. so we'll check that out so that's definitely worth checking out and then on sunday we'll record our weekend review podcast and that may be out even on sunday evening so we've got a lot of activity taking place so anyway i feel very good because it's been a it's been quite a nice week this week it's been a good week actually isn't it laney other than the leicester game other than that you know but in, in general that, it's been, it? yeah, yeah apart from the rubbish it's been great yeah <laughs> so get rid of the rubbish and you've got goodness so we've had a great week this week from monday through to now and hopefully it's going to be an even better week because uh saturday's the last day of the week as far as we're concerned so fingers crossed we'll get a result on saturday so my name is billy grant and i've got laney in the house it's going to be a fine night tonight and a fine day tomorrow it will be a fine day tomorrow as well but anyway thank you for listening thanks for checking us out thanks for following the bees and as we say there's only the two of us now but we can still say it with as much gusto as all the other people as we say come on bees 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.